Coffee with Colby, episode 31. Let's go. Good morning, good afternoon, or good evening, and welcome to today's episode of Coffee with Colby, the show that is all about helping you put your best foot forward on your professional path. In the time it takes to enjoy one cup of coffee, we are going to cover the challenges that crop up in the workplace and how to balance your career and your personal life. This is all the stuff that you need to know that they're not going to teach you in school. Thanks for tuning in. As always, I'm Colby Reed, and this is my show. And for those of you keeping score at home and wondering why is it that we are on episode 31, we just had episode 29, uh, you did not miss episode 30. Uh, What we did was we actually did a very special live Q&A episode at the University of Oregon with some college students uh, a couple weeks ago which was very exciting. Unfortunately, we are having uh, I'm having some technical challenges in getting the audio just right. So rather than delay much longer, I decided to go ahead and press forward with the episodes that we want to do, and then we'll drop episode 30 as soon as it's done, hopefully in the next few weeks. However, today, I want to talk about how to present yourself in the interview process. And at the end of this episode, I'm actually going to share... The one secret, the number one trick to making the absolute best possible first impression in an interview. But before I get to that, I want to stress why first impressions are so important. See, first impressions are important when you're hunting for a job because how you present yourself from the way you dress to how you format your resume to the way that you shake hands, literally those first few seconds of an exchange with a hiring manager can set the tone as to whether or not you have a shot at getting into the next round of interviews or whether you should not bother coming back. Um, It's one of those things where you can't get a job in the first five minutes, but you can lose a job in the first five seconds, depending on how that goes. And there are some basic principles that we can all follow and everyone can agree with. The first is to always dress to impress. Unless it's a very specific circumstance, business attire is a must. You want to make sure that your clothes are pressed and clean. And if you're not very good at ironing like I am, uh, or I'm not really good at ironing, I should say, uh, you want to invest in dry cleaning your outfit so that you're presenting a really uh, professional appearance. You want to make sure that you have a clean, professional, accurate resume. Uh, Invest in having a few colleagues review that resume for grammar and punctuation. Uh, Same thing for your cover letter. And you also want to make sure that you're being nice to everyone. It baffles me the number of times that I've interviewed someone, especially when I was in the agency world, and they're incredibly rude to someone that they see as, you know, a low-level person on the staff, you know, someone like our receptionist or maybe one of our coordinators. And then they put on this huge smile for the interview panel or for, you know, the vice president or something like that. You think that we you'd think that we it's not like we don't talk to everyone who interacted with the potential candidate. That is going to spread incredibly quickly and we want to know that you're going to treat everyone on the team with equal amounts of respect. But the challenge, and this is what gets to kind of the heart of today's podcast, is once we get past these, you know, three or four, you know, key basic principles of interviewing, you start to get in some nitpicky areas of the interview process, like business attire, yes, but should that mean a suit if I'm a guy or just a tie? Um, if I'm applying for kind of a more hip, modern organization, would dark jeans be acceptable? Um, also, when it comes to my resume, do I need to go with something more colorful and fun or something more formal? And it can kind of drive you nuts. And the challenge is that you are literally going to run into, if you talk to eight people, you may get nine different opinions about a specific question or about your resume. Here's a perfect example of what I'm talking about. 
Um, a couple years ago, I was applying for an opportunity, and this was a, a high-level position in an organization. Um, I had the qualifications, I had the experience, but I was also kind of on the younger end of the scale for people with that title. Um, they expected you to have about 10 years of experience in the industry. You know, they, they advertised a minimum of 10 to 15 years, and I was at like nine years and nine and three quarter years. Um, so I was just kind of cutting it on, on the edge there. Um, I was just squeaking in and on my resume, I also decided that I wanted to include my headshot in the corner just so that people had an idea of who I was and kind of get a sense of my personality. I'd seen that done on a few resumes. It's not a must do, but given that so much of our language, 7% of our language is the words that we use. And the other 93% is our body language and our tone and all that. I wanted people to just have a little bit more of a glimpse into who I was and what my personality was beyond what was written on the page. If I wasn't going to have a chance to talk to them in person, I sent the resume around to a couple of my close colleagues and most of the feedback was positive, except for one colleague who suggested that I take the headshot off completely. Now, why did she say that? Because, and I'm quoting, I have a baby face and apparently I looked too young for that role. And her suggestion was that I needed to, if I was going to include a headshot, I needed to grow a beard. If you know me, you know that I can't grow a beard. I'm one of those guys who I, I can try for months and my, my beard and mustache stubble grows for about a week and then just gets tired and stops. So I felt this kind of tension. You know, I, I've got someone who I really respect telling me that I shouldn't include something on my, my resume, but I also feel like it's a good idea and I feel like it's going to serve me well. Now, cut to the chase and I did end up including my headshot on my resume. It was a you know small little shot in the corner and didn't really seem to make a difference one way or the other, but I did end up getting that job that I applied for. Um, we run into something similar. As I, I've mentioned before, I do a mentoring program, uh, a mentoring event with uh, the University of Oregon where we meet with young professionals who show us their resume or their portfolio. And it's hilarious because when you get towards the end of a session where these, these um, young professionals have had you know five or six interviews, they'll show you a resume that has been marked up by six or seven people that they've already met with. And one person wants a big headline and one person doesn't. And one person wants sans serif font and one person doesn't. And it gets to that headshot question that I just, I just talked about. And that is there are so many stylistic questions and it can kind of drive you nuts because you want to put your best foot forward. You want to do what is considered the industry standard in terms of how you are presenting yourself in an interview. But if everyone has a different opinion of what that is and what that should be, how can you land on what the right answer is? Um, you know, it, to use a poker analogy, it's kind of like, okay, what do I do with, with a pair of jacks? You know, well, it depends on the situation. It depends on your playing style. It depends on a lot of things. That's what holds true in your interview process for your job. When it comes to these questions of do I use a formal resume or a more casual resume? Do I use a black and white resume or a colorful resume? Do I use a cover letter that is more formal or more informal? Do I uh, email? Do I call? What, what do I do? And this is where we get to that big secret that I was talking about uh, before when I started today's when I started today's podcast. There is one thing that you should do, one step that you if you take this one step and you apply this in your interview process and you apply this in your resume and you apply this to your cover letter, I can almost guarantee you that you are going to position yourself perfectly for your job interview. It's not going to mean that you're going to get the job. It doesn't mean that you're going to get the interview, but it's going to put you in the best possible position. Are you ready for this? Are you ready for this big 
big piece of advice, get some consensus. That's the tip. The more people that you can talk to and the more opinions that you can solicit, the more you're going to get a general consensus on the key issues um, in front of you. If you talk to one person, for example, if I had talked to that one colleague who said, don't include your headshot on your, your resume, you have a baby face, you're not old enough for this job, I would have been too intimidated to do it. And I also might have been too intimidated to even apply for the job in the first place. However, I talked to six or seven people and five or six of the six to seven. So pretty much everyone agreed that it was either a neutral decision, it wouldn't make a difference one way or the other, or it was a nice kind of creative, unique touch. Doing that with your resume and getting a bunch of people, if you have a resume that is horribly designed and you talk to five people and all five people say this resume is not is not readable, it, it doesn't work, that's going to be the feedback you need as opposed to if you talk to one person who says, well, I like, you know, sans serif fonts and one person says I like serif fonts and one person says I don't like the color teal, it eliminates that opportunity for those personal biases to come in and kind of cloud your judgment. It gives you an opportunity to get a broader sense of what is the industry standard? What do people in the, in my industry, in my field, in my market expect from a resume, a cover letter, interview questions, interview, interview style, that kind of thing. So it also then goes back to, big surprise, those informational interviews. Those can be incredibly valuable to you in building up a consensus and getting a lot of different eyes from a lot of different perspectives on your material and your presentation style. And it will allow you to more concisely say, okay, this is the resume style. This is the cover letter style. These, this is the interview presentation style that is going to position me best to land that interview, land that next job opportunity. And I'm going to be able to walk into that interview and walk into that job opportunity with the utmost of confidence. And with that, episode 31 is in the books. Episode 32, or possibly 30, depending on how quickly I can get around to my editing, uh, will be coming at you before you know it. Um, in the meantime, as always, would love to hear from you on Twitter. If you've got a question, topic idea for a show, would love to hear from you at Colby Reed, C-O-L-B-Y-R-E-A-D-E. Also have a couple of exciting announcements that will be coming in the coming uh, weeks and months about some changes that we're going to make to the podcast, uh, hopefully to make things a little bit easier for folks to uh, to, to use in terms of following for their um for their job hunt but uh, more on that to come in the meantime hope everyone has a wonderful week and we'll talk next time <laughs> <laughs>